This episode of Sparrow Folk Adventures in Suburbia is proudly brought to you by your wardrobe wingbirds at birdsnest.com.au. Hello, nesties. Uh, I have a confession to make. Oh, I have one too. I ate the chocolate. No, I have too many things in my wardrobe because... Because you bought them online and they didn't fit properly? Yeah. Bird's nest, baby. Birdsnest.com.au is ready to help you find your perfect match. In fashion, anyway. You tell them what kind of things you like and then bam! 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 The Wardrobe Wingbirds will send you a personalised style guide. In my size? From size 8 to 24, they have thousands of curated outfits ready to fly off the shelf directly to you. Whee! So you don't mind that I ate the chocolate? Oh no, babe, I'm furious. For fashion that fits the first time, go to birdsnest.com.au and let their Wardrobe Wingbirds swoop into action. Birdsnest.com.au Women plucking ah. on ukuleles ah. in a musical comedy adventure for ears only. Two lives, true lives, where music and comedy intertwine. Who says women can't have it all? This is Sparrow Folk. Adventures in Suburbia. In our last chapter. Fox attempted to find love in the workplace with Gary from Accounts, but... It was a disaster. I accidentally ding-donged his whoop-whoop and he... and I... Lark broached a delicate situation with Magnus. Magnus, I'm a little concerned you think you are our manager. But I... Who promised to do better, but then on their way to their first big gig... Ikea! What the mother quacking duck, Magnus! 20% off all sofas, today only. Can Magnus recover from the Ikea disaster? Can Sparrow Folk recover from Magnus? And who is the mysterious man they bump into back at the Cat and Cabbage? Let's find out in Episode 3 of Sparrow Folk Adventures in Suburbia. Still frustrated from the IKEA fiasco, Fox and Lark sat in a booth at the Tea and Toast Cafe. So we've decided to make Neville our manager, right? He seemed okay, right? So we have to fire. Magnus! Magnus appeared over Fox's shoulder, delighted to see his beloved Lark. Good morning, you. Good morning to. The sun is up. Mark, it's your turn. Like my love for you. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Welcome, Magnus. Please have a seat. Oh, okay then. Magnus took a seat at the table, unaware it was about to be pulled out from under him. Magnus, Magnus, Magnus. Yes, my little love lamb. Little love lamb. We've little... asked you here today because, well, I think you've misunderstood our priorities. It's gig first. Couch second. Every time. You said you liked the velvet. The velvet's fine. It's just... It's just... Fox could see Lark was struggling to deliver the news they knew would break Magnus's heart. Magnus. Yes, Fox? Magnus, Magnus, Magnus. 
But she too was struggling to deliver the news they knew would break Magnus's heart. Is this about the new gig I got you? Fox and Lark looked Magnus in the eye. What new gig? Oh, oh, you know, I felt so bad about you missing the festival, so I made a couple of calls and, well, you're going to knock their socks off. Where is it? When Magnus described the gig, he used words like... Adult audience? And... Great exposure. When really, he should have used words like... Shopping mall. And... Outside Kmart. If you're the owner of a blue Toyota Camry, license plate 6XY2BW, parked in the level 1 fountain, please return to your car immediately. It's filling up with carp. Oh my god, it's a kids' talent show! What's Magnus thinking? Well, there are lots of adults in the crowd. Yeah, because Kmart has a sale on undies. The reality of the gig started to sink in as Lark took in the crowd. Mums holding toddlers' hands. Dads pushing prams. Definitely not an adult feminist glam folk audience. There's no way we can sing accidental genital attention here. Fox saw the crowd with completely different eyes. Are your ovaries itchy? Mine are really itchy. What? No! Which one are we going to (gasps) do? Do you think one of these men will have a baby with me? No! What song are we going to sing? Weren't the young ballerinas just a treat? I don't know how the next act is going to follow that. She makes a good point. Next up, though, we have a couple of young girls from... Oh, it doesn't say which school they're from, but they're here to sing a song for you. Lark knew they were in trouble, but Fox was blinded by her ovaries. Oh, it says here they wrote it themselves. Well done. Please welcome to the stage, the Sparrow Forks. Bloody hell, Magnus. I know. Let's sing the morning song I sing to Magnus to cheer him up. Really? Isn't that your private song? Yeah, the crowd will love it. Magnus won't mind. Okay. Hello, everyone. We are... Just sing so we can get out of here. Right. Here's the... First up every morning, and he greets me with a smile. Doesn't matter if it's it's cloudy, not a frown on his dial. When his head pops up, he makes my jaw just drop. He's the jewel of the Nile. What? He's the jewel of the Nile. He's a happy little peanut. He's a happy little pea. Peanuts. He's a happy little peanut. He's a happy little pea. Peanut. Don't be shy, come inside and feel me. Security to center stage, please. Security to center stage. Mum, it's a penis. Run. Still seething from the shopping mall fiasco, Fox and Lark sat across from Magnus at the Tea and Toast Cafe. Fox and Lark looked Magnus dead in the eye. You're fired. Ooh. Yes, yes. I suppose that's the right thing to do. Good decision, ladies. He took that well. No. That generous tone, the smiling eyes, sympathetic head tilt. He's furious. I just want to see you both succeed. See? Furious. Back home, Lark was doing what all modern glam folk feminists do. 
Washing baby vomit out of everything porous she owned. I feel like this is a good decision, Lark. We're back to controlling our own destiny, like the old days. But, but the old days were just you and me, in my spare room. Magnus did get us a gig, though, even if we nearly ended up in jail. (sighs) We do need more gigs. Um, I guess. But the main thing is we're spending time together, by ourselves, right? So I can escape this. Lark scraped a chunk of something off an adorable onesie and into the laundry sink. Speaking of by ourselves, do you think I could become a mother by myself? One thing at a time, Foxy. Magnus, can you come and take over the laundry? Sounds like the sort of thing a manager would do. (sighs) He's right. We do need a manager, just not him. Lark whipped out her phone and dialed. Who are you calling? Hello? Neville? I've been waiting to hear from Fox and you. I mean, to get the, the two of you. Will you be our manager? For you? And Fox? Lark looked at Fox. He's in. After being headhunted to be Sparrowfolk's new manager, Neville knew exactly what he needed to do. Work out how to be a manager. He sat at his desk and Googled inspiration. Hmm, I'll click on this. I'll write this one. Then he got more sophisticated with his search and Googled how to be a good band manager instead. An ad for the classic publication Band Management for Dummies popped up on the screen. Oh, oh, this is more like it. $49.99? I'm not paying that. But Neville noticed there was a free sample of the audiobook version. He clicked and put in his earbuds. So... You've decided to be a band manager. Yep. Good for you. Oh. Sitting on a bench near the neighbourhood playground, Fox and Lark talked about the future. Oh, I can't get the image of those beautiful little ballerinas out of my head. I know, Fox. But going it alone, oh man, that's a hard road. Oh no, it's easy. I googled it. All I need is a turkey baster. And a wodge of spunk. Yeah, I just skimmed that bit. You know, creme de la testes. Ew, lark. Baby gravy. Pregnog. Surely I don't. Protein. You need protein, babe. I don't want protein up my fembot. If you want beautiful little ballerinas, you need little ballerinos from somebody. We're 21st century women. Can't we do it without... Without, um... Let me tell you how it goes. Mm, yeah. I know what you should do about your downstairs wazoo. I don't need a conversation, I just want a secure gestation. All you need is a helpful hand, not from me, from a male gland. They just give their little pickle a precious little tickle, you know. Come on, sperm again. Put it in a cup. We're not asking too much. We need a baster. Baster donator. Without even a touch, your eggs will double. Dutch mustard ejaculator. We need a baster. Baster donator. With barely a pinch, my flopians would sink. Oh, Egg we need a baster, baster germinator, 
Ectoplasm. And a baster. Yes, and a baster. It won't be easy raising a kid by yourself. <laughs> Lark had forgotten they were at the playground because she needed something to distract the children while she talked with Fox. <laughs> yes, Elliot? <laughs> yes, you were made from Daddy's pregnog. <laughs> I know, because I was there too. Because <laughs> I love Daddy. <laughs> no, he wasn't a good manager, but he is a good man. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'll apologise to him. Elliot's very insightful for his age. Uh, no, an alpaca wouldn't beat a shark in a fight. Even if it had a blender. On the bus ride home, Neville was enthralled by the Band Management for Dummies audiobook sample. Band management is all about managing bands. Bands without managers managed in the same way bands with managers are managed. Hmm, yes. Managers are critical to band management. Most bands have got their break by knocking on the right doors. Knocking on the right doors. It just takes a lot of power. Thank you for listening to this free song. Come on. To listen again or hear the remainder of the book, Please purchase the full audiobook for $49.99. Replay. Replay. Thank you for listening to this free sample. I'm a bit angry about that. Neville's neighbour, Roger, was checking his letterbox when he saw Neville tapping furiously at his phone. Oh, hey, Nev. Everything okay? Hi, Roger. Um, by any chance, do you need a couple of glam folk ukulele feminists? Uh, no. Fair enough. Never looked up his street, then down. It was a long street, with a lot of houses and a lot of doors. Most bands have got their break by knocking on the right doors. Knocking on the right doors. Neville knew what he had to do. Lark arrived at her front door, ready to patch things up with Magnus. Unfortunately, in the next yard, hashtag Ava was at her front door. She stood with perfect posture, her hand resting on the doorknob. Hello, Lark. Hi, Ava. 27, 28, 29, Daddy. Lark refused to be drawn into Ava's trap. Just doing my pelvic floors. I always do 30 before I go through any door. Got to keep that bladder bright and the passage tight. You know what it's like. Bye, Ava. (laughs) Kids, go watch Bluey. I need to talk to Daddy. Magnus, I'm 
Wait, why are you vacuuming the curtains? Oh, they were a bit dusty. But this uh, doesn't matter. Magnus, I'm sorry. Oh, me too, Lark. I was a terrible manager. Lark looked at Magnus suggestively. I know something you're completely not terrible at. It's true. Mm. I am pretty great at the makeup sex. Your little love lamb needs her big love ram. But it's not too soon since, you know, Janie. Mm-mm. Are you sure? Lark nodded. Like a bobblehead on the dashboard of an old Datsun oh, yeah. driving along disused train tracks. Quick! Bluey only goes for seven minutes and it's been two already. Lark undressed quicker than you could say. Was she even wearing clothes? But she caught a glimpse of her reflection in the wardrobe mirror. Oh, my God. What is it, Love Lamb? Nothing. Maybe we should do this another time. Magnus looked at Lark lovingly. Oh, you can tell me anything. My, uh, bits. They are, uh, it's not good. You're different. But still perfect, love lamb. Lark shook her head quickly. Then she lay down on the bed, legs apart in front of the mirror. She contorted to get a better view of her groinal shambles. I can't get a good view. Lark grabbed her phone from the side table, switched on its torch and threw it at Magnus. Get down there and tell me what the hell's happened to my vag. Magnus dutifully genuflected, squinted and moved towards Lark's Mm. nethers. It's a bit, uh, well, the vagina is more of a round shape now and bigger, wider. Mm, The labia. Labia bits are a bit, uh, hmm, flappier. That's a bit more rugged. Oh, there's the scar from Janie. What? And from Elliot. Did you tear with Michael? I'm not sure what that is. Stop! Just take a photo! Okay. Here you go. Now I want you to remember. Jesus Christ on a bicycle! Lark rolled out of bed and reclad quicker than you can say. Gosh golly, she's dressed again and running out the door. Wow, she's heaps faster than I thought she was. Meanwhile, Neville was learning that door knocking houses to book a gig was harder than he thought. Do you need a couple of femme glam musician folk for anything? Huh? Do you need a couple of folk femme glam ukulele musicians for anything? Do they do gutters? Huh? I left it with Leroy! Huh? You've got five seconds, mate! Understood. Back at the tea and toast, two birds sat opposite one another. The first, let's call her Lark, seemed panic-stricken. The other, let's call her Fox, glowed with excitement. Lark knew there was no point interrupting Fox working through her thoughts out loud. So the two main options are to co-parent or to go solo, which I think is better because all the decisions are mine. And I have the turkey baster. See? I went for the most expensive one. It's heat-proof to 400 degrees. Now I just need a sperm donor. 
I think I'd like to know the guy first, you know, like rather than a stranger. Mark's patience for her him, best friend knew no bounds until now. Try as she might to listen like, intently to Fox, oh, I know. Why her I mind wandered oh, into a harrowing daydream. Um, oh, someone closer to home. A relative. dark, blurry image in her imagination came into focus. It was Magnus, standing in nothing but his Y-fronts and a miner's helmet. He stood before a gaping, giant crack in a cliff, surrounded by bush. I'm coming in, Locke! Magnus, flicking his helmet light on, stepped into the moor of a cavernous space, moisture dripping from the walls. Lark? 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 What about one of your relatives? Oh, Lark? Lark? What about your cousin Matteo? What about him? Lark? Matteo? Do you think he'd make a good baster donator? Lark? My vagina is ruined! What? I mean, what? Are you listening to me? Uh, yes, Perm, need some. I'm on it. Fox's phone rang. Lark saw it was Neville. She snatched the phone before Fox could answer it. Neville? Lark? Yeah. Where's Fox? Have you got a gig for us, Neville? I'm working on it. You know, I'll do anything for my favourite client. Whoa! Ernst. And don't come back. Lark winked at Fox and smirked. Anything, eh? Fox paced nervously around her lounge room while Lark sat at the table, hunched over the keys, exploring the flap-filled world of labiaplasty. Ah, this one's more like it. How do you like your labia? Long and narrow? Or more like a teardrop? It would have been nice if you'd asked me first. I just did ask you. (gasps) This surgeon is getting great reviews on Facebook. My shaggy chrysanthemum is back to a rosebud. Not about your labiaplasty. About... You know. Fox pointed a tense, silent finger at the bathroom door, just as Neville burst through, gingerly holding a specimen jar. Presenting the future of the great Dentata lineage. Lark grabbed the jar from Neville. Oh, God, Neville. It's just sperm. Most of it ends up in a toilet, a tissue or a mouth anyway. Oh, is it enough? It looks like a snail sneezed. The average man ejaculates 300 million sperm, Neville. Now, we know you're not the average man. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, but I'm sure there's at least one lump in your custard. Lark swooped up the baster and handed it and the specimen jar to Fox. Your turn. In you go. Good luck. I'm going to be a mum. Moments later... Fox stood in the doorway, empty jar in one hand, claggy baster in the other. I did it! What's this? You're having a turkey, baby? Mum? This house isn't really big enough for three, Foxy. No, Mum, it's not. How could you do this without talking to me? Mum, it's my body, my time. With Lark still weighing up the pros and cons of undertaking labiaplasty, these powerful words struck her indecision slap-bang in its vaginal flaps. Yes, my body, my time... 
I'm going to see the vagina doctor. <gasps> Don't do it, Lark. Your vagina is perfect. A perfect avocado. Hmm. If you like your avocado smashed. Uh, you're right. It's fine. I'll leave my avocado as it is. So, bye. Lark hesitantly stepped into her house, unsure of how to break the news of her genitally significant decision to Magnus. Magnus? Lark looked in on the kids. A bowl of lollies and the family iPad had their attention firmly secured. Magnus! Lark made her way up the stairs towards the suspicious sounds coming from the bedroom. Magnus? Magnus! Magnus stood frozen in front of Lark, jeans around his knees, clear plastic tube placed over his love truncheon, hands tightly gripping a bicycle pump. What are you doing? Magnus's hands moved quickly from the pump to his groin to protect his modesty. But he realised he had none. I just thought, with you being a bit wider down there, if I was just a bit thicker down here, then it'd all even out. You don't have to. You're such a sweetie, but my God, Magnus, you're huge. And, to be honest, quite, quite sore. Enough's enough. I'm done with Flappy. It's time to get happy. Don't tell Fox, though, okay? Bob? Darling? It's time to go. Mum, I'll get you to Zumba on time, I promise. What are you doing in there? What Fox was doing was giving in to temptation. She was sitting on the loo, an early pregnancy test on the counter, desperately watching the timer tick down. Are you ill? You've been in there for almost three whole minutes. That's what it says on the box. What box? Nothing, it's just an expression. Oh, come on. Fox picked the test up and turned it in her hand. Surely there's nothing left, Foxy. Nope. Nothing. When Fox turned up at Lark's with some board games and colouring books tucked under her arm, Lark noticed the tears in her eyes. What? What's wrong, babe? But Fox just shook her head. I'm just so excited to be hanging out with these little treasures. Okay, well, they've all been fed. I'll be back in a couple of hours. No problem. Oh, my God. Your kids are so lovely. Sure they are. Uh, See you in a couple of hours. Bye. Wait, where are you going? Uh, Just a doctor's appointment. Bye. Maybe motherhood isn't for me after all. But you guys will have so much fun with your Auntie Fox. Lark sat impatiently in the surgery waiting room. She surveyed the other patients and contemplated the state of their downstairs. Lark? That's me. The surgeon, Dr Sturgeon, will see you now. Lark lay on the examination table, legs akimbo in the stirrups. A light sheet attempted to create the illusion that her lady parts weren't out there for all to see. She looked at the nurse who was reading from a clipboard. Lark attempted small talk. Hi. Very small talk. So? Distension of the labia majora. Labia minora prolapse on left. Whoa, who's down there? A bald head popped up between Lark's knees. Dr. Sturgeon, labia plastic consult. Don't worry, I'm here to make you feel better. 
The head went back down. The nurse scribbled on her clipboard. Bulging submucosa. Didn't know that was possible. <laughs> back at Lark's house. Elliot, you can bounce so high. Oh, you too, Michael. Look at your brother's jump, Jamie. You're amazing. You're all amazing. You know what? I've only just had a baby. Maybe it's too soon to... Oh, no. This can't fix itself. Right. Clitoris, well, we'd best just call that droopy. Dr Sturgeon peered up at Mark. Just a little joke. Vaginal wall has porridge-like texture, scarring to the... Actually, everything is pretty scarred. Previous perineal tearing... A touch distended at the anus. Lark could take no more. You're the distended anus. That is a vagina that's created three beautiful babies. And that's what it should look like. It's my vagina and I'm keeping it. She jumped up and... She jumped up and stormed. She jumped up and stormed. Help a sister and get me out of these stirrups. And stormed out the door. Lark's house, Fox looked wistfully at the children, their hair glowing in the sunshine through the window, as Michael and Elliot drew love hearts on Janie with a texter. Love is the thing, isn't it? Oh, you love your Arnie Fox, don't you? And I love you, you little monkeys. But it's not enough. A warm smile spread across her face, which evolved into a grin that transcended into unadulterated joy. She leapt to her feet. It will never be enough. Her future brood appeared to her in her mind's eye. I'm going to have a baby. So overcome with the thought, she had to yell it to the world and she had to do it now. I'm going to have a baby. She jogged to the end of the driveway. I'm going to have a baby. Driven and determined, with news the world had to hear, her jog became a run. The suburban bungalows that lined the streets blurred around her. I'm gonna have a baby! Lark, too, felt the primal desire to spread the news about her rediscovered self-assuredness. I want to keep my vagina! I want to keep my vagina! But Lark heard something. A familiar voice in the distance. I'm going to have a baby! I want to keep my vagina! I'm going to have a baby! Fox? I'm going to have a baby! I want to keep my vagina! Lark! In one of the strangest games of Marco Polo the world had seen, each bird ran towards the other's cries. Vagina! Baby! Vagina! Vagina! Lark stepped around a corner and their eyes met. Like Heathcliff and Cathy, they ran to each other, colliding in a firm embrace. I almost made a terrible mistake. I want my vagina. I want your vagina too. Huh? My youthful, pristine fanoir has had its day. 
I want mine stretched to hell like yours by my own beautiful baby. Yeah, that Dr. Sturgeon can sit and spit on his scalpel. Yeah, he's an anti-muff monster. Yeah, bloody men, lining their pockets with fantasy vaginas. Yeah! Wait, what? We're calling to the fellas of the world. Here's a secret message straight from your special girl. your vagina lark and you're gonna be a great mum the besties squeezed each other's hands tight they'd always had each other's backs and nothing could change that so who's watching my kids uh fox fox while fox and lark sprinted back to the children neville found himself on the doorstep of the last house in his suburb Exhausted and disheartened, he knocked. Can I help you? Can I interest you in a modern feminist blonde folk duo? Yeah, come in. Okay, thanks anyway. Huh? What? Yeah, come in. That's just the thing I need. Thank you.
In our next chapter, Neville reveals the gig he's found for his modern feminist glam folk duo. The uh, client wants innovative female musicians to write a catchy jingle for their new product. Ruth tricks Fox into thinking she's too frail to move out. There is no way your mum is locked in the walk-in wardrobe. You don't even have a walk-in wardrobe. That's why I'm worried. Lark struggles to write their jingle while breastfeeding Janie in a cafe. Here are your nipples. A drink. Sorry, I just didn't expect nipples. Um, there's space in the disabled bathroom. And the birds start to question Neville's judgement when they finally meet the jingle client. Is he wearing a kimono? Is he wearing anything under the kimono? Find out next time on... Sparrow Folk Adventures in Suburbia. Suburbia. Oh, hello everyone. Neville Dentart is my name. As Sparrowfolk's new manager, I wanted to remind you to rate and review, please. At least that's what band management for dummies band managers should say. Uh, so, um, rate and review. Thanks. Sparrowfolk Adventures in Suburbia was created by Kathy Crowley, Juliet Moody, Paul Bissett and Catherine Prosser, based on characters created by Kathy and Juliet. All the roles were performed by Kathy and Juliet, who also wrote the music and lyrics. Paul and Catherine produced the podcast and wrote the scripts, with additional material by Kathy and Juliet. Catherine directed and Paul did the audio design and engineering. Sparrowfolk Adventures in Suburbia is a Magenius production in association with Sparrowfolk and was produced on Ngunnawal land in Canberra, Australia. This podcast was supported by funding from the ACT government through Arts ACT. Stay in touch with us on Instagram at Fox and Lark or email us at thenest at sparrowfolk.com. Just remember, Sparrowfolk has a hyphen in the middle. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.